0: Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 57. Listener supported volume 7, 6, 8, 12, who cares? My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up everybody? And Tom. I'm going
1: to
2: take a stab at listener supported volume 5. I think it's volume 6.
0: Anyway, we're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I, I, I panic. I don't, I don't know which one it is.
2: Well, clearly, we don't either, because I said five, and Matt said six, so...
1: I don't think it's six. I, I regret saying six. I think it's
0: five. We'll have to get our men-do Disney archivist to go look deep into our backtracks and that uh, means, means
2: Pete. do we have yeah pretty much asked do we have an employee or something that we don't know about
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no it's me it's me so tonight we're going to be answering your questions along with one of Matt's questions I think Matt's got a question in there that uh, that he snuck in before we get into that let's get to Tom with the news Tom what do we have this week?
2: Gonna dive right into the news. Gonna head over to Magic Kingdom. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow returns to Magic Kingdom as a character meet and greet uh, late last month, like September 29th ninth. Uh, time frame. Captain Jack's Pirate Tutorial, which has been a part of the Adventureland lineup since two thousand six, sailed off into the sunset. However, as of this week, guests can now meet Captain Jack Sparrow daily in the same place where the Pirate Tutorial was once held. I know we mentioned this on our podcast last week of the departure of the Jack, uh, Captain Jack's Pirate Tutorial. So I think this is a good, like a good band aid, because we talked about how good a good band aid on the the removal of Captain Jack's Pirate Tutorial. Because we talked about that, you know, sometimes the Jack Sparrow that plays the role looks kind of like Johnny Depp. So I think this is really cool. Pirates of Caribbean is still a really popular ride. It's still a popular movie series. So adding another character to the park is always a good a good thing. Again, you can check greeting times, uh, the character greeting times in the Magic Kingdoms times guide each day they'll give you the time and place you can find that character
0: i don't i don't know how good of a replacement it is but i love the sales off into the sunset uh, analogy that you just threw out there
2: appreciate that yeah just kind of came came to uh came to my mind as i was as i was reading my uh, notes i've made here now moving over we've obviously been talking about refurbishments within the magic kingdom for quite some time we have some dates pete we have some dates You've seen some upcoming refurbishments. We've talked about some that have been going. So here we go. Tom Sawyer Island. This attraction will be closed from October 14th through December 21st. So that's quite a bit of time over here in the, the winter. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you, this is kind of the time when refurbishments start to happen because the park starts to slow down. There was no reason given for the sudden refurbishment, but it is a closure that could be related to the ongoing Liberty Square Riverboat refurbishment that we've referenced
0: multiple times. Tom, let me ask you this question, and and this is kind of similar, I think, to if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? If Tom Sawyer yes. Island closes for refurbishment, does anybody care? I care, Tom. Tom clearly
2: cares. Well, I think it's noteworthy. I mean, if people are going to Disney World and want the full experience, that's a big refurbishment. I ain't get it. That's two two and a, almost that's that's two months in a week. <laughs> Good math. Quick math, thank you. That's big math. (laughs) Very quick, math. big quick math for me. We're gonna maybe this is another tree falling in the woods that nobody nobody hears. But the Walt Disney World Railroad it'll be closing on December second for a lengthy refurbishment, reportedly to make adjustments to the track. We know what they're doing here. They're clearing room for the upcoming Tron attraction. And this is. I I
1: got a question for you. Will this be longer than
2: two months and one week? You know they didn't say. I think once this happens in December, I think we're going to start to see quick progress for Tron going into Tomorrowland. And this is one that, Pete, we've talked about, and Matt, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, the, the railroad not being there, if you're going to Disney World one time and this is your big trip, that's a shame because that's kind of in the history of Disney that there was a Disney World where, uh, railroad. So that's another one. And then um, the last big refurbishment, The last one that that I have here, Tomorrowland Speedway, again, this probably refers back to the Tron attraction, but this guest favorite will be closing January 2nd, 2019. We all wish it was closing forever, Uh, but notice this one's closing just after the holiday season because it's a really popular attraction still. We believe this is also tied into the Tron attraction that's coming to Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom, so this will probably be closed to clear some space for construction not not a great feel for when this one's going to open again either.
0: One one more closure, one more refurb is Peter Pan's flight. Peter Pan's flight will be closed for most of January, from January 7th until February 2nd. Probably just to touch up some things.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty short one and again, notice their January 2nd date as popular as that attraction is. They can't afford to close that during the holiday season with Thanksgiving and, and Christmas coming around. One more note in the Magic Kingdom. Stitch's Great Escape, which has not really been functional here for quite some time, will not return. The attraction has, is being disassembled now. I know it's been a character meet and greet. We don't have a, really any idea of what could replace this area, but for any of those big Lilo and Stitch fans or Stitch's Great Escape fans, it, this one's not coming back. Any feelings from you guys I, on that?
0: I, I'm super upset about this. I no, I I don't think this is a huge surprise to anybody. My personally, I wish that they would bring back the extraterrestrial alien encounter here. I think it was a great attraction. I think it really catered to a segment of Disney visitors that sadly there's not a whole lot for, but it doesn't look like that's gonna be happening.
2: Moving over to Hollywood Studios. One big piece of information, we did get, sent, get this sent to us from our sponsor, Destinations with Character Travel, Jake from Jake and the Neverland Pirates will be leaving Disney's Hollywood Studios. I think we mentioned this months ago that Vampirina's new character would be within the park, and her meet and greet at the animation courtyard will take over for Jake and Jake from the Neverland Pirates. Uh, that will take effect. Actually, today, day of recording, Sunday, October 7th, so when you get this episode on Tuesday the 9th, this one's already happened. Uh, It's unknown if this character will continue to appear at the Disney Junior's Play and Dine character dining experience, or if it'll be retired for good. Uh, So, For for those parents that listen to our podcast, if you have a a child that's a big fan of Jake from Jake and the Neverland Pirates, we'll keep you posted if if he's going to be available for meet and greet. Uh, Staying in Hollywood Studios, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms preview is now playing at Walt Disney Presents. I've bounced around within Walt Disney Presents, and sometimes there's great stuff to see. Sometimes it's just nice air conditioning. I don't know. This one necessarily moves the the needle for me, but it is a sneak peek. It's about 12 minutes uh, from the movie with a special introduction by Mackenzie Foy, who plays Clara. This preview will likely be sticking around at least to the end of next month as this movie is hit uh, is set to hit the theaters on November second yeah if we were in if we were in Disney, my wife and I would be going to do this because
1: she's very very excited for the Nutcracker, and I'm excited, but I'm not as excited as her, but yeah we would be we'd be seeing this, and it'd be a great extended preview
2: well this disney's smart about this i mean they're they're very good at marketing, and as you see movies about to hit the the theaters like this one, they throw the preview in there. In Hollywood Studios, and it is a place that people often find air conditioning. But you know, Incredibles went in here, uh, Moana went in here. I mean, they they throw previews from the movie, and I mean, they're they're great at making money.
1: Well, I can remember um, years and years ago when the very first line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe," was coming to theaters, and I was in Disney, and this is the first time I remember seeing that in Hollywood Studios. So that just tells you how long this has been going on, and there's a reason they're still doing it, like anything else Disney does.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Disney's kind of struggled with I guess the turnaround time getting getting you know look at Frozen look at how long it took to get Frozen into the Disney parks and then all of a sudden everything was frozen so I think having these previews in there really kind of gives these films a presence in the parks.
2: Well I mean thinking out loud here the reason there's a little bit of a lag is they have to see what kind of hit the film is right so
0: absolutely and i think this is a good indication you know how crowded these previews are could give them a good indication of of what the popularity of the film's going to
2: be so lilo and stitch is the best one i like one of my memories to me that really tank because stitch was all you could do in disney for a minute you know they were working on stitch's great escape and i know you all went to disney in this time frame everything was about stitch and now that one's kind of died and so it's you know, it's and Pandora is another one where, gosh, it took forever to get that in the parks, but we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see how this preview does. And uh, Matt, you're probably more familiar with the movie than I am, so I'm sure it's going to be a be a big time movie. Going over to some general news. Reservations now available for storybook dining at Artist Point. Artist Point is a character experience in Disney's Wilderness Lodge Resort. Reservations are now available for the new Storybook Dining Character Experience, which will kick off on December 16th of 2018. This experience is $55 for adults and $33 for children. As a reminder, I often try to say children's ages are 3 to 9 at Disney World. This includes one appetizer, one entree, and a dessert, as well as your choice of a non-alcoholic fountain beverage. While dining, guests will be able to meet Snow White, Dopey Grumpy, and the Evil Queen. Let me tell you from my experience as a child going to Disney World, understanding the cost for a lot of these character dining experiences, which which characters you see, the rarity of the characters you see. I actually believe this is a really really good deal. An appetizer, entree, and dessert at Disney for fifty five dollars for an adult is pretty standard. But if your kid's big into seeing characters, or if you have, you know, if you're trying to meet characters that are tough to see in the park. This is a really good opportunity. I mean, the Evil Queen is difficult to see. Snow White, you can catch in Epcot almost daily, and Dopey and Grumpy are probably two of the more well-known um, dwarfs. Uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, yeah. I mean, two two of the more well-known characters from Snow White. So I think this is worth it. Would love to hear you got y- y'all's opinion on this one.
0: Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a decent deal. I mean, fifty five dollars is not bad for just a meal, right? Plus, you're getting the character experience. You know, you go to any, any buffet, any character buffet, this is what you're going to spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
2: I mean, you look at it in this way. You're probably going to get your kid's appetizer, too. So, if you're really hungry, you can eat some of their appetizer and probably some of their entree. But other than that, I mean, I think that's all I, I personally had for the news. If you guys had anything that popped up this week. Uh, I know there's some leaked photos of the Great Movie Ride being torn down. So, Sorry, Pete. Yeah, that
0: that that came out and it's pretty disappointing to me to see what they're doing to kill the Great Movie Ride.
1: Pete, I actually was wondering, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stuff in the Great Movie Ride, especially the memorabilia and the props, were from actual movies. I mean, some of the stuff that's not an actual movie prop from the past. What would be the one thing from the Great Movie Ride you'd like to have in your house if Disney just started auctioning this stuff off?
0: Like something from the ride itself? Yes. You know, I think my favorite part of that ride... My favorite part of that ride has got to either be the Wizard of Oz scene or the alien scene. So I would say maybe a pair of ruby slippers. That would that would kind of do it for me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a statue of Sigourney Weaver. R- <laughs> R- You're you the weirdest the ruby guy slippers? I know.
2: <laughs> That's what you pick out of that? All right, so... So, if I had to go, I'd go Indiana Jones scene. Obviously, when our cast member returns, I would take the what was it? I mean, I don't want to call it a medallion. It was lit up. Whatever.
0: You're talking about the 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 gym? That's That's a great way to. In the statue? I would take the
2: gym because that was in every scene and it was a monumental part of every. Like, for everyone, that's a monumental part. You know, The Wizard of Oz to me is the best scene, personally. I would take the streetlight from the gangster scene that they shoot out. Okay. Maybe you just won. Okay. You maybe just yeah, won the game. I like it, and it would be my man cave. Wow, I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't. That's a good pick. That's another monument that, that was a good pick. Slippers.
0: So there was one more thing that I wanted to mention, and and that was that Spaceship Earth had kind of had an adjusted operating schedule last week. They were closing it a little bit earlier than the park closed. Suspected that it was to deal with a leak that was reported. I think back in September. There was water that was leaking out of the bottom of spaceship Earth, and so th- there was some expectation that this early closure was to deal with that leak
2: do we know I mean when i I'll tell you when I was in Disney in July there was an early closure and I don't think the leak was I, I don't know I mean do we know what caused we don't
0: we don't know that. that but that's what the expectation is I mean you know it's spaceship earth is getting up there now right so Of course, I think you're going to have some problems with it.
2: Is this something you foresee being a refurbishment type opportunity where it goes down?
0: You know, I think they're going to change Spaceship Earth eventually. I mean, we've talked about that before, right? We've talked about the fact that the ending leaves a little bit to be desired. You know, the future is in computers and the computers that they're showing in in the future scenes are 1980s max. So I think that the ending leaves a lot to be desired. I think there's a lot of different places they could go with, uh, with Spaceship Earth. So yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a refurbishment soon. And I think probably they'll do a little refurb on the building itself during that.
2: Well, all righty, Matt, did you have any other, any news you had? No, Nope. That's all. Well, I think that's it for the news. This
0: week. Oh, Oh. Well, I got one other one thing. More. I lied. And this is super important. Be Our Guest is now serving mimosas and other alcoholic beverages for breakfast and lunch. So when we did the Mendu Disney trip, we went to Be Our Guest for lunch and all they had were fountain drinks and and bottles of water. But now you can actually get alcoholic beverages for breakfast or lunch at Be Our Guest. This
2: goes back to one of the biggest debates that we've had on the show. And Magic Kingdom is steadily creeping closer and closer to serving alcohol. And I just thought about that when
1: I heard myself say, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I think that where I stand on is like, if you're in a restaurant I don't think we should have bars in the magic kingdom. I don't think you should be able to walk around freely with alcohol, like in the park, but if you're going to go have dinner, you know, you're going to have lunch and it's an option, you know, there needs to be some kind of minimum where you can't just be like stumbling out of the restaurant or, you know, on your way to go do the rest of the park. But I, I do think that, you know, as long as it's not walking around with, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how magic kingdom is right now, right? You can get a drink with dinner at every Magic Kingdom restaurant now, and and this is I think one of the few restaurants that you can get breakfast or lunch drinks. And I don't think we ever talked about the new menu at Be Our Guest. I've heard it's decent. The reviews I've no, I, I did not eat there on my last trip, but
2: the reviews I've heard from the new menu have been overwhelmingly positive. So,
0: yeah, I mean it's it's fifty five dollars or two table service credits. It's um. It's a prefix menu. You know, you, you get to choose one appetizer, one entree, and one dessert. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, the, the reviews have been pretty solid on it. It is it is different than the uh, than the food that they had in the past. So we'll have to check it out next time we're down there. All right. Anyway, any more news or is that it? Sorry to that's take great. over there. That's great. No,
2: I think that's a good news update.
0: All right. Well, we'll pause for just a minute here to hear from our sponsors, Destinations with Character and Kingdom Strollers
2: destinations with character travel agency is your one-stop shop for disney vacations cruises and more with clients ranging from the magic makers of hollywood to the business executives of new york to families from all over the u.s people trust the travel consultants of destinations with character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience care and attention to detail they deserve with over 50 years of experience in disney and worldwide travel are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible destinations with character has the tools to make the difference for you Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at and be sure to tell them that the mendu WDW podcast sent you.
3: So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. A Disney featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: All right, we're back. Let's go ahead and roll right into our listener questions. Again, we want to thank all of our listeners that have sent in questions. We want to encourage you guys to keep sending in questions. We had an overwhelming number of questions to go through. We did kind of limit it to 10 tonight. So if your question didn't get answered, we will definitely hit it up on a, uh, on a future episode. And I'll follow
1: that up. I mean, I'll go through the questions after this and you know, see all the ones that got sent in via email as well. And I'll hit you up on direct message if I can. Or I'll just send you an email from the Mendu Disney Gmail to make sure you got your question answered. But we, like Pete said, we had to limit it to 10.
0: So the first question that came up, and it is a question that we've answered before, I think this is an ever-evolving thing at this point. Ten years ago our answers to this question would have been completely different. Five years ago, I think they would have been completely different. So what is the best time of year to go to Walt Disney World? So that that really depends, right, on what you're looking for. If you're talking about best time as in when are the decorations the best, I mean I would say now or Christmas time, right?
1: With, with, with everything you're seeing right now on the TV commercials and everything being advertised, for, I don't know if you're watching freeform at all for Halloween, but they're talking about how they transformed Disney into Halloween um, in one night. And you can actually watch that next Saturday, which is going to be, or this upcoming Saturday. I'm really excited for that. But I think all the you know, anytime that there's a really cool holiday coming up, I really want to be in the parks. But that's just right now. I think normally I'd want to be in the off, like, if we're not talking holidays, I'd want to be at Disney in the off season. You know, whenever the the crowds are the, are the smallest, you know, not in the dead of summer when it's really hot. Um, you know, maybe like February March is probably when I'd want to go.
0: Well, and that off season has changed so much over the years. Now I think really the only time you can count on being off season is January and and early February.
2: Yeah, late January. Like make that clear because you go there anywhere near yeah. New Year's, even the week even the week after New Year's, it's still packed.
0: And there's some races in there. You know, you've got Marathon Weekend. You've got the Princess Half Marathon in there, January, February. But then really the only other time is October through really the beginning of November because I feel like around Thanksgiving it starts getting getting crowded again. You know, we used to be able to say anytime the kids are in school, go to Disney World. It's not going to be crowded. But, but it's kind of backed away from that.
2: You know, if I had to give my opinion on it, I think – and I'll go in a couple of different categories for, for holidays. Halloween is extremely well decorated in magic kingdom. I don't want to, str- it's not, it's not nearly as a production in other parks at Disney world. And no holiday is. Really, well, I'll tell right? you. So my last trip was early December. So we saw Christmas and it was evident that Disney has made, has made like massive strides especially in Hollywood studios. And and obviously, there's not much to do in Hollywood studios, so they kind of had to make those strides. But I would say if you were talking holidays, Halloween and Christmas, if you want to get the best of both worlds, go during Thanksgiving. Go to Magic Kingdom two days in a row, Thanksgiving Day and the day after. You will see Disney transform the park in one evening. You will leave Magic Kingdom as it being Thanksgiving, and you will come back and it is Christmas. Me personally, I like to go to Di- – at, at, at this point in life, I, I try to go to Disney World when it's not – the dead of summer. Now I did just do a July trip, but my preference would be first week of December, you know, late January, February. Once you start getting to March, you start hitting kind of spring break, April the same deal, and then you're back into that Florida heat. So I don't know that there's a best time of the year to go that like kicks off every item on your checklist, whether it's crowds, weather, wait wait times, you know, park hours, decorations, all that, that that's hard to come by, but Depending on what you value in your vacation, I think you could easily find your needs being met, uh, depending on the time of year you want to go.
0: I think every season has something to offer somebody.
2: Well, Epcot has a festival, it seems like, you know, seriously, almost every month now. So
1: Any day you can go to Walt Disney World is the best day to be at Walt Disney World. So take advantage of every opportunity you have and just get there is the best advice I can give you guys. Amen.
0: Yeah, there's there's not a bad time to go. I agree with that. All right, next question. What is the best place to eat at each park? This is such a subjective question.
1: It's hard, yeah. I mean, we could go in. um, Do y'all want to? You just want to hit like different styles of food, so everyone get like a feel. Here's the
0: problem: is that depending on the trip that you're on, are you with your family? Are you with your kids? Do you want quick service? Do you want to sit down and eat?
2: Here's my opinion, guys. This this question got sent in to us, so. I think our listeners at this point understand where we're at, where we're at on Disney trips. I mean, they understand we, we typically don't go with kids I know Pete, You're, you're very near that part uh, and stage of your life, but how about we just fire off each guy name four restaurants, yep. one at each, yep, park. name a restaurant at each park.
0: All right. Magic kingdom. I'm
2: going to go Cinderella's Royal table, Tom, probably be our guest.
0: I, I would say be our guest as well. And, I Again, I have not eaten the new menu yet, but just the atmosphere itself really, really contributes and really makes it the best at Magic Kingdom.
1: All right, let's go Hollywood Studios. I'll start. I'm going to, if I'm at Hollywood Studios, I'm probably not going to be there the entire day. And I'm most likely, I'll try not to eat dinner there. So I'm going to do sci-fi movie dining. I think that's a really fun one just at lunchtime to get, you know, in a dark area where it's cool and you have constant entertainment. I mean, I'm one of those people that needs constant entertainment. So I, that's probably where I'll go for lunch in Hollywood Studios. What you guys got?
0: I would say at Hollywood Studios, probably Mama Melrose's. I think that it's it's decent food, it's a decent atmosphere, it's nothing fancy, but you're in and out rather quickly. Plus, you can pair it with that Fantasmic dining experience.
2: Mm, man, so I'm torn. I mean, so Mama Melrose's is, is my favorite Fantasmic dining experience, but I'm gonna I want to give our listeners another option. I'm gonna go 50s Prime Time. I love Mama Melrose's. Like I don't. I don't want to take anything away from that. I love Sci-Fi Diner for the exact reasons Matt explained. But I'm going to go 50s Prime Time because the experience there is unlike anything you will have at any Disney park, any Disney resort, any Disney restaurant.
0: Okay. Let's uh, let's go to Animal Kingdom next. For me, I'm going to go with Tusker House. Tusker House is a buffet, but but I think it's one of the better buffets at Disney World in general. It's it's kind of an African themed. Uh, Theme buffet
2: can i cheat on this one you can if can you I go want. to boma can I, I mean can i just go to animal kingdom
0: lodge I, I, let's let's stick with the parks let's stick with the parks i mean you're kind of limited at, at animal kingdom right there's not a so whole Yaki, lot of restaurants so yak
2: and yeti's good oh you know what i have my animal kingdom restaurant i'm gonna go to tuli canteen for lunch for lunch
1: uh for me guys i'm gonna go with pete i'm gonna say tusker house
0: Okay. And last but not least, and, and probably most difficult because there's so much good food there, is Epcot.
2: There should be three different answers here. I mean, there really should be. Uh, I'm going to go
1: with Celia. Oh, it's, what a thief. I like the ambiance. I like the ambiance of the restaurant. I, I still think it's probably one of the best steaks I've ever had. And I mean, it's got great wine. It's got everything you could ask for in a, in a restaurant.
0: Okay, you Tom. got it, Pete. I want to go last. I would say Monsieur Paul. I I think that it's it's similar to Chef's de France. Monsieur Paul to me is a little bit more upscale. The food's a little bit better and I think the view of illuminations is is a little bit better too than Chef's de France. So yeah, for me it's Monsieur Monsieur Paul. I'm going to give And it's it's super expensive too. I mean it it's you know the price kind of dictate or sets says that.
2: I'm going to break the rules again. I'm going to give 3 answers for our listeners. If you want something quick in Epcot and you want good food within the World Showcase, authentic food, Via Napoli pizza is very quick. It's good.
0: All right. No, no, no. If you're going to say quick and you don't say Boulangerie de Hall in France. Which my wife makes me eat at every
2: single time. Um, Pete's going to say you're doing it wrong. If you're not, you're that's doing not it wrong. So we're going to go Via Napoli. For families, if you want character meet and greet, we're going to go Garden Grill. And then if you are a fan of of Boy Meets World, Full House, we got to go Coral Reef, right? I mean, Danny, Danny got engaged at Coral Reef from Full House, so uh, Coral Reef. If you're not familiar, it's it's you're actually in the aquarium, so it's it's a pretty neat view. We had a we had an aquarium table last time I went. I'll tell you, the food is extremely hit or miss there. Uh, every review you could ever read is hit or miss, but my food was fantastic.
0: All right, so pick one one resort restaurant.
2: Ohana at the Polynesian. It's not even close. It, whatever they tell you, whatever you these guys so. tell you is wrong. It's Ohana. Uh,
0: I I'm gonna say Boma. Mm. I think I think
2: Boma competes with Ohana hands so down. So Matt, you be the tiebreaker. Why don't you pick between the two?
1: Yes, I'm not gonna pick either of those. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just throw one out of left field for you guys. But it's whatever's at the food court when I get home at 10:30 back to the resort, <laughs> and I am starving. And it can be chicken tenders and fries, a slice of pizza. I mean pb and J, whatever it is, I'm so hungry when I get back from the parks and it's just the fastest thing I can eat is what I love. I like so, I like that answer. But yeah, if I had if I had to break that tie, I'd go Boma.
2: You can't go wrong with anything there, and then just for a character a character meal, pro- preferably character breakfast, because you can hop on the monorail, go to Magic Kingdom. Chef Mickey's is awesome.
0: What about what about uh at Grand Floridian?
2: I'm not a big princess guy, Pete. I know you wanted the Ruby slippers from earlier, but
0: Nineteen Hundred Park Favorite. It's not just princess. It has Tigger, it has Pooh, it has the Mad Hatter and Mary Poppins. I don't consider Mary Poppins a princess. seems
2: too formal for me. I'll just pop into Crystal Palace and destroy the buffet while I meet all them.
0: I but but 1900 Park Fair's food is significantly better than Crystal Palace.
1: Yeah, but Crystal Palace it's just it holds a childhood memory for me. I agree, with Tom.
0: But the architecture is a lot better at Crystal Palace, I will say that.
2: Well, all in all guys, we've given you multiple restaurants. Hopefully that answers your question. Moving to our next one. Which Disney movie do you wish would be incorporated into Walt Disney World, either as an attraction or a show?
1: I got one. I got one that just hit me right away when I saw this question. And it's it's actually featured in the Magic Kingdom right now, but I just don't think it's featured enough. And that would be Aladdin. I think there's a lot they could do with the Magic Carpet ride that's not a Dumbo Astro Orbiter type ride. I would love to see some something like, like um, Flight of Passage something like where a thrill ride
0: escaping the cave of wonders of wonder. wonder.
1: yeah escaping the cave of wonders going through agrabah i mean just everything would be really cool to see and i think it would be a kid friendly ride maybe so like maybe it's a little bit less than um, flight of passages and maybe you relax it a little bit but i think that would be really cool
0: for me it's it's hercules i think hercules is an extraordinarily underrated disney movie i think you've got pegasus as as a great potential ride vehicle, you know you go through the underworld, you go through what whatever. There's All just its a trials. ton you can. yeah. There's a, great. there's a ton you could work with there in Hercules.
2: So I'm gonna go water ride, and I'm gonna go Moana again. I mean, it's just boats, so pretty ideal ride vehicle, and the music from Moana is awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, Matt, we don't need you to sing. You're not Dwayne Johnson.
0: <laughs> so moving on to the next question, I really like this question. Thank you, Brett, for sending this in. What impact do you think that Pandora, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and, and the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Epcot will have on the overall theme and feel of Disney World?
1: I was talking about this with some friends the other day, and yeah, surprisingly, I have Disney buds that aren't you guys, but there are so many people that just grew up with, with Star Wars, and when this land comes, I, I, I worry that it could overtake... <laughs> Hollywood Studios. And I think you'll end up seeing Hollywood Studios kind of be, you know, the, the miscellaneous park or the Disney Plus.
2: I think my biggest fear is that Hollywood Studios becomes the cue for Galaxy's Edge. And I mean that oh, wow. kind of seriously and kind of kind of joking, but I, I think they I think when you open Galaxy's Edge and it, it's it's gonna to be to the degree of you know movie like, you know, throw you right into the world. I think you're gonna have a whole new fan base at Disney World. You know, it's like you open Pandora's box of fan base. So, you know, Star Wars fans are are like they're they're different. You know, there's a huge following for Star Wars. I'm a, I'm a I like Star, I enjoy Star Wars. I'm, I don't I enjoy Star Wars, and will not even constitute myself as a Star Wars fan. So that's my biggest fear. I, at Pan, and I and being that I've been through Animal Kingdom and Pandora, I don't get a sense when I walk in Animal Kingdom that it's all about Pandora even as popular as it was when I was there, you know, every other ride in Animal Kingdom was still just as popular. But I get I worry. I mean I worry significantly about what what dynamic changes at Hollywood Studios. Now, it's exciting because Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror will have a much shorter wait. So that's cool.
0: So this is going to be long winded and I apologize in advance for that. But I'm worried about the direction that we're going here. And and just to start with, let's start with Hollywood Studios. So Hollywood Studios used to be a celebration of movies of the golden age of Hollywood, right? There was a very defined theme for Hollywood Studios. And and I feel like we've gotten away with that with Toy Story Land, with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. You know, we're going towards, here we have movie-themed lands. We don't have a park that is dedicated to the movies anymore. We have a park that is dedicated to specific movies. So the 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 overall kind of theme of Hollywood Studios has moved away from, hey, this is a celebration of the movies to, hey, we're going to have rides based on our intellectual properties. You know, same thing with Epcot and Animal Kingdom. I mean, Animal Kingdom, I feel like, was supposed to be kind of an ecological, hey, we like animals. Here's our kind of half zoo, half theme park. Now we have Pandora there which completely changes the direction of Animal Kingdom. You know, it's a, it's a completely different, completely imaginary ecosystem. Granted, the message is still there that, you know, we're, we're celebrating and we're saving the planet, we're saving the ecosystem, whatever. But it completely changes the message of, hey, this is the real world. This is what we're celebrating to, here's this imaginary world that we've put in there. And then Epcot... I mean, Epcot was a not-Disney Disney park for a long time, right? And and now here we go. We're putting Ratatouille in there. We're putting Guardians of the Galaxy in there. We're putting Disney characters into Epcot. It's it's just scary to, to see that change for me. And, you know, I'm kind of a Disney purist in that I like the way Disney was. I'm nervous about what the future is going to hold.
1: And I think that... You know, unfortunately, here we are celebrating Mickey's 90th birthday, and you you see you see the parks do this all the time, and you see you know, while Disney World is a resort, but you at some point you got to keep things fresh, got to keep things new, and we saw this with um, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure, and then hey, let's just put Harry Potter in there, and it's just going to be I think it's going to be a hodgepodge eventually of stories inside a park where you're going to go into a new story like star Wars land. You talk about toy story land. You talk about what Hollywood studios is now. And then Epcot you're having, you sell your pavilions. I think magic kingdom is going to be the last pure Disney, but even with Tron coming, you know, I thought Tron would have, you know, we'll be we about this on an episode a long time ago, but Tron could have fit in Epcot in future world, or it could have, I mean, it could have fit. I'm sorry. I, I think Epcot could have, I mean, golly, <laughs> I, I I feel like Tron could have fit in Magic Kingdom or Epcot. And I think I would have rather seen it in Epcot to be honest
2: well I don't want I don't want to spend too much time on this question because we do have a few more to get through but in general, I think we all of us at our age we need to take the take the brackets off I mean I, I don't think Disney's necessarily gonna stay true to what we knew Disney as and they have to adapt you know one of the biggest you know, things they've adapted with is World Showcase adding Frozen. I mean, that was a big step if you look at, you know, if you look at, you know, kind of the the path of the attractions that went into the World Showcase. So I think at this point, just kind of take the brackets off around each park and understand that maybe it's not going to fit in the quote-unquote Disney theme that was what we believed it to be. Uh, At this point, Hollywood Studios, yeah, I mean, I hear you, Pete and Epcot. I hear you, Matt. You know what? What ride would fit where? I mean, in general, I think Tron could fit different places. Guardians of Galaxy should fit a different place. I mean, it is what it is. But here we are, and we're all fired up about the change. I mean, let's give Disney some credit. I mean, taking away Snow White and adding Seven Dwarves and Seven Dwarves Mine Train, massive success. Taking away Maelstrom and adding Frozen. I understand you guys were not a huge fan of it, but it's been a massive success. So maybe the only the only flop i guess is the way they've changed test track and that was more because of sponsorships and other reasons but anyway
0: yeah we could do an entire episode on this but we'll, we'll just again i'll just leave it at you know i'm i'm excited for what's coming but i'm nervous that we're kind of getting away from our our roots here so next question and, and let's hit this one real quick what is your least favorite thing about disney world
1: the price it would be the price right now. I just don't think that someone that doesn't live in Florida can realistically get to Disney World more than once a year, if that. I think I think the price is the biggest and you know, my least favorite thing right now.
2: So I'm going to say price as well. Mine is uh, twofold. One is I think the park should have staggered pricing. I do not believe Hollywood Studios is of the same value as Magic Kingdom or Epcot for that matter or Animal Kingdom. and the, the second thing on price, I think Park Hopper is far too expensive. I think they should lower the price on Park
0: Hopper. Well, and they, they do it because they want you to buy two tickets instead of spending, you know, one day going to two parks. So for me, it's, it's time, you know, you, you really, yeah, Park, park Hopper is expensive, but, but it's really not possible to do more than one park per day if you're doing everything in that park because of the wait times. And I, I don't know what Disney can do to eliminate those wait times. I don't know if there's anything that can be done. But but to me, it's really the time commitment that you, that you have to put into it to be able to do and, and see everything.
1: When you just said time, it brought something into the forefront of my mind. Do you guys think adding an additional fast pass option, so maybe you can have four or five fast passes, would
2: help people in that regard, or do you think three is the right number? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one, Pete. I don't think adding an, a, an extra fast pass really helps anything, to be honest, because I think they've already they've already backed themselves up on fast passes. Now I will contradict my first point to address this point: charge for fast passes. You 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 want to talk about cutting down on time? Don't put that in your park admission. You go to, you know, I, I've had friends. I, I've gone to Universal, Matt's gone to Universal, Pete's gone to Universal. We, we've done the VIP pass there. That fast pass is a fast pass. You walk on every attraction all day long.
0: And, and to your point, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you have a 20-minute a wait or a 25-minute wait for a fast pass, that defeats the whole purpose of fast pass, right? So, yeah, you charge for it. I think you eliminate that. So to, to tie into that, I think that we, we did have a question from a listener about a half-day ticket or a late-entry ticket kind of tying into price. Is there a such thing as a half-day ticket or a or a late entry ticket? My family's not arriving in Orlando until three o'clock, but we still want to go to the parks on our first day there. Unfortunately, there is not. You do have to buy a full price ticket, contributing again to the to the price of your uh trip.
2: I'm gonna add one thing to this. Well yeah, there, there's no uh, no half day ticket, no late day ticket. However, you could buy this time of the year if you're going here near you you could buy, you know, a hard ticketed event, maybe it's not so scary, maybe it's very merry, or you add that ticket on there, try to convince yourself that hey, I'm only paying 23, 24, 40 for this day ticket because you're going for an X amount of days and it makes it kind of worth it. So th- those are my two suggestions to you. And if you don't want to do either of those, Disney Springs is great. You can take a bus to any of the resorts and explore all throughout those resorts for free.
0: Okay? Well, I guess this kind of ties into that as well. How how many days is the right number of days to spend at Disney World?
2: If the answer is not every day, the answer is wrong. For For a trip, I, my suggestion, my wife would tell you five. I'd tell you like six or seven. Five, her, her, her idea of five is one day for each park, one day for a, you know, enjoy the resort, go to a spa, go to Disney Springs for the day. I say 6 or 7 because you can enjoy mult you know Magic Kingdom for 2 days maybe Epcot for 2 days but you can also take that day for the spa.
0: Yeah, for me it's it's 6 days. I think like you said one day in each park, one day to do the resorts and then kind of an extra day to go see whatever you want to see again.
1: I actually got this question from my brother-in-law. Well, very similar. He said, "Matt, you know, you've been doing this podcast for a while. What would your perfect trip to Disney be? Like what would it be?" like how long and everything, like how many days. And I said, I'd love to have a um, five-day trip to the parks. And then I would like to go on the Disney cruise and kind of have a relaxing day at sea and then do a couple things Disney-wise on the cruise, have a relaxing day on the boat, and then come home. So I want like a a 10-day vacation with all Disney.
2: So I've been a part of a vacation like this, and I will attest that we did, um, I believe it was, this is going to sound crazy, I think it was seven days in the parks, a four day, three night cruise, and then two more days in the park. So it was a, it was summer, you know, we had some time to, to spare. It was fantastic.
1: I just think, you know, everyone says you go on your vacation and it takes you one day to cool down from work to really get into the vacation mood. So I'd want to make sure I had that time in Disney where I had that cool down day to relax at the pool or relax, you know, go to the park that night. And I don't know, to answer your question is as many days as you can possibly spend at Disney is the right answer.
0: All right, moving along. What is the best resort for families? So, All right,
2: Matt, you want to go first this or is, me too? This
0: is tough because there's so many different – like what does your family enjo- what does your family enjoy? All right, for me, I'm going to throw out Pop Century. I'm a huge fan of Pop Century. I think that the rooms are decently sized for a family. I think it's centrally located enough. The transportation options are good. The kids are going to get a kick out of the decorations. I'm I'm all in on Pop Century for families.
1: I'm at Polynesian, Grand Floridian, or Contemporary. And I, I say that just for the monorail systems. And I think this the ease So to- Matt
0: obviously has a wealthy family.
1: Well, I say that just because for the ease of getting from park to park. I mean, you can get to two parks relatively quickly. You don't have to walk as far to the buses, stand in line with the buses, and you get home. And I think if you know, I'm thinking about when I'm going to be going, you know, the future with children and, you know, they're probably going to be younger when we first start going. So I mean, if I can swing it, I'd save up to save at one of those. I would save up to spend money at one of those resorts. Cause I just think that the overall experience would be great for a family. I think they'd really remember that trip. And I like the monorails.
2: Oh man. I, I see all of Matt's points. I see Pete's points. The monorails are big time, especially if you have younger children, but, I'm gonna go with Dixie Landing. Oh, I'm sorry, Port Orleans Riverside. So I grew up going. I was gonna say
0: Dixie Landing hasn't been. Uh, it was on purpose. Been thinking for a grew, while. A time
2: man. warp, evidently. I grew up going to Dixie Landing. You know, I did a ton, ton at the Value Resorts All Star. I've stayed at Coronado Springs, but for some, I don't know. There's something about Port Orleans that I just love. I love the location of it. I love the multiple bus. Uh, the, I love the multiple bus stops. If you know how to u- utilize them correctly. So, I'm gonna go with formerly Dixie Landing, now known as Porter Lane's Riverside,
0: yeah, a lot of it does have to do with where you where you grew up going all right, next question, I like this question a lot. Why does Pete like the great movie rides so much? Why does Tom like Space Mountain so much? Does Matt have a favorite ride that he obsesses about, like Pete and Tom do?
1: oh me go first? i mean
0: I-, <laughs> I think we have to go to Matt
1: first, right.
0: Yeah, go go ahead, Matt.
1: Man, you know, if, if anyone asks me, I always go with Splash Mountain being my favorite ride at Walt Disney World. And I kind of, I don't necessarily obsess about it, but I, I still think that it's the it's the most thrilling ride. And that's at Walt Disney World for the, the multiple drops that kind of lead up to the big one. And I still think that that one drop, the, I mean, the big one that you can see from outside the attraction, is the one ride that takes my stomach away, gives me a feeling no other ride gives me a Walt Disney World. And I've done it a hundred hundreds of times now, and every drop is just as just like the first one. And I, I love that attraction. So I'm going to get Splash Mountain.
2: So I go with Space Mountain because of the uncertainty. You know, you look at Splash, for example, you know when the drop's coming. You look at Rock and Roller Coaster, you have a pretty good feel of what's about to happen because it's very lit up. It's dark, but there's a lot of bright signs. You look at the great movie ride as what could potentially be somebody's favorite, but that's just pretty boring. You you know, Expedition Everest, you know, when the drop's coming. Space Mountain, I don't care how many times you've ridden Space Mountain, you can't predict every twist, turn, drop, you know, going out. You can't predict it all. There are parts of Space Mountain that I know are coming, and there are parts of Space Mountain that still surprise me to this day. So that's why I like it. And then it's kind of a, a mind... You know, it, it's tough to, I guess, wrap your mind around. You're only going like 26 miles an hour, but it feels like you're flying. And the back row of Space Mountain, while it's not the most comfortable, is by far the most intense.
0: So the great movie ride. For me, I think a lot of this just has to do with the nostalgia factor. I miss this ride a lot. This was not the most thrilling ride out there. This was not the best ride out there. But but it was, it was unique, right? I mean, how many other rides do you know of that had a live cast member who disappeared and then reappeared? Like This was incredible. But but I think I think that a lot of this does have to do with the nostalgia factor for me. And it kind of represents what I feel like Hollywood Studios should be as a theme park.
1: I agree with you. I, I love that aspect of Great Movie Right. now. I still love that aspect of Hollywood Studios. And if they're going to continue going on like this Toy Story World and Star Wars Land and Galaxy's Edge, I mean, I think we're still going to embrace that aspect of Hollywood Studios and even the great movie rides going away who says they're not going to create something even better in its place because it was great, but it, it was kind of dated and they need to find a way to, you know, not, not let it get so dated, you know, so quickly. Cause back in the day, I mean, all those movies, while they're still classics, a lot of kids wouldn't even know what half of them are.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right. So our last question, my wife and I are going to Disney world for our 15 year anniversary. Is there anything that we can do to make our trip extra special? I like this question a lot because there is a lot at Disney World that you can do to to really make this extra special. First, first, I'd just like to say kudos to you for getting your wife to agree to go to Disney World to celebrate your 15-year anniversary. I don't think my wife and I will be making that journey. My wife is not that big of a Disney fan. First off, you can have stuff delivered to your room by the official Walt Disney World florist. They'll do anything from you know delivering champagne, wine. They'll put rose petals on your bed. They'll deliver a special gift basket to your room. There's a ton of stuff that they can do to to really make your arrival at your room extra special. You can also go to guest services and you can get a button, which kind of pales in comparison to the you know, rose petals on the bed, champagne in a bucket sort of thing. Pete's but, wife got a know, button, by the way,
2: y'all.
0: <laughs> the way My wife button. did get a button. <laughs>
2: Baby, you can get
0: a button. <laughs> what (laughs) we did, we did not do the rose petals on the bed. My wife got a button and it was not our 15 year anniversary. We had, we had just gotten engaged and it was two months after we got engaged. So it didn't really count. There are also, and, and you do have to work with Disney world resort planners on this, but you can also plan custom parties. And in order to do this, you know, you're talking bills in the thousands to tens of thousands of dollars. But you can actually plan custom parties where, you know, they set things up for you at the parks. They set things up for you at the resorts. I'm pretty sure if you throw enough money at Disney, they're willing to pretty much do whatever you want.
2: So I, I'm going to throw up some, some other suggestions out there for you. If you tell Disney you're having something like this, 15-year anniversary, yeah, you'll probably get a button. Without extra charge, you can probably line up a restaurant. You know, say, say it's World Showcase. You want to you see illuminations say it's in Magic Kingdom and you you want to see the nighttime fireworks there's a little extra charge there. they'll help you out I mean they'll do what they can to make your trip a little special. A, a couple other things that come to mind if you want to do like a nighttime firework show by boat you can do that as well and if you if you have an outdoorsy kind of relationship there is fantastic fishing within Disney World and you can actually rent out a fishing guide. So guys, I don't know what's worse. Tom recommended taking your wife fishing or Pete saying, get her a button. Well,
0: I don't think any of our wives would appreciate either one of those. things. Hold on.
2: My wife does enjoy fishing. I don't know about the whole button side. I mean, that's for, that's for Pete and his wife, but those are a couple other things. And then if you just, yeah, it's like a birthday. If you call ahead and tell Disney, Hey, we're going to celebrate an anniversary. I promise there's going to be something on your table. There's going to be a dessert you get. There's going to be some recognition you get at a restaurant any time you go that Disney will try to do everything they can to make your trip extra special. So
1: I'm going to send my wife to one of the resorts that has a massage and spa. I think that's where we're really going to hit the nail on the head here. And that means I can go in the park and do whatever I want the entire day. I don't you know, think Cinderella's mm-hmm. oil table.
2: I'm not sure that's how that works. I think you would actually have to go do a couple's massage. How about that?
0: Well, I think that's all the questions that we have, right?
2: Yeah, that's
0: it. Again, we really appreciate everybody that sent in a question. If we did not get your question, please send Matt a DM and uh, and he'll do his best to answer. <laughs> Why is that funny? Slide into my DM's feed. Please send us a, a message on the Twitter and we will do our best to answer it for you. Without further ado, let's go to Tom with the trivia question and secret for the week. Tom, what do we got?
2: So we're going to do trivia question first and secret of the uh, of the night. Uh, last week's trivia question, to remind you guys, it was, what was Disney World called in its early development stage? Anybody here now? The Florida, the Florida Project.
0: Project. The, no, I think you mispronounced it. It's it's actually Florida.
2: I think it's the Flowrider Project. No, it is the Florida Project. You guys got it right. Yes. Yeah, so Walt Disney obviously kept code names throughout uh, his development of Walt Disney World and another one of them. In the early development stage was the Florida Project. So I I thank everybody who participated. This is a pretty well-known Disney trivia question, but I believe this week's is is tricky. I mean, I asked the the guys on the podcast, and both of them struck out miserably with this answer. So here we go. How much money does Walt Disney World—so we're not talking Disney in general. Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. How much money does Walt Disney World spend per day to run their total operation? So again, how much money does Walt Disney World spend per day to run their total operation? You can email us or tweet us uh, for, for your answer. Our email is mendewwdw at gmail.com and our Twitter is at podcast. Again, the question one more time is how much money does Walt Disney World spend per day to run their total operation? Now, moving over to the secret of the night. So, hey guys, you've heard of a hidden Mickey, correct? Have you ever heard of a hidden Donald? Well, you know, there actually is... A couple hidden Donalds throughout the Haunted Mansion. Obviously, this is one of our favorite attractions, but you can find Donald's silhouette throughout multiple places inside the Haunted Mansion. Sometimes it's in the Library. Whoa, I don't think I said that word right. Did I say library? What did I say?
0: No, you said Lides Library.
2: <laughs> okay. Sometimes you can find the Donald's silhouette inside of the Rides Library. Or the endless hallway scene. I will tell you the chair changes positions throughout the attraction because Disney wants to keep you guessing. So next time you're going through the Haunted Mansion, keep an eye out for Donald's silhouette inside. And I'll give you a hint. It's a red chair that you'll see his silhouette.
0: I didn't know that. I knew about
2: it because I'm um, the resident expert on Donald on this podcast. I'll I'll give you that. You're a big Donald fan.
0: Guy loves Donald. All right, anything else for this week?
1: I think I'm good. Actually, you know, Pete, this is a great episode. I'm glad we got to do it. Again, thank you to everyone that shot out some questions. Um, we like to do this, you know, once every couple months. And we just appreciate um, all your feedback and, you know, all your communications with us. Thank you for listening.
0: All right, if there's nothing else, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoowdwgmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time. We'll see you next week.